Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit ContractProperties.net. Coming up right now on the Midday 180. The Titans lay an egg against the Browns. The Vols fall to the Gators and now face the Commodores, at least we think. And Austin Price, John Feinstein, and Eddie George are on the show. The Midday 180 starts now. From 104.5 The Zone, this is the Midday 180. Delivered by Edley's Barbecue. With Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. Kicking off the week with you. Midday 180 delivered by Edley's Barbecue. Looking to Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski in studio on Jonathan Hutton. David Reed in the Edley's Barbecue camo cap. He is the chairman of the board. Gentlemen, good morning. It's a good morning. It was a bad weekend locally. Yes. Some expected and some not so much. Though I thought the Browns could be dangerous. I didn't think they'd be quite that dangerous. Really, really ugly, disappointing. And oh, but they played so well in the second oh, half. Yeah, oh. I don't want to hear any of that. And, uh, and I basically told Let's Mike carry that momentum. as much. Yeah, I said, Mike, when you're saying carry that momentum, uh, you know, they're basically playing prevent in the second half. I mean, are we that excited about what you did in the second half where all they had to do was not fumble twice? And what did he say? Uh, he said, you know, I've seen teams fight. I've seen teams fight each other, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, congratulations on not fighting. Congratulations on continuing to play. I I, I don't, I mean, if that's I, I, what you're I mean, selling to your team, fantastic. When I heard that, I thought of the SEC sideline reporters for SEC Network who want to congratulate Derek Mason's Commodores for playing hard and showing effort. That is the bare minimum expectation of any football team that takes the field. Say what you want this about this team, 0 team, but they really fight. Certainly for this team and the if Mike If you don't Vrabel reach man. that bar, then you have serious issues. Right. Then you're, then you're the Jets. Right. Um, and th- this team is clearly not the Jets. So, look, this team should be a solid contender. And, and look, what we're looking for is for them to be the third best team in the AFC. Right? I mean, the Steelers are clearly established up there, and the Chiefs are going to be hard to – to see come down and the Titans should be establishing themselves as number three. And what they've done now instead is kind of say, Hey, we're in the bunch that's going to be next. Maybe we're third, maybe we're sixth. Um, We don't know, but that's what that loss tells you. And home field this year isn't going to mean as much. You'd like to have it, but it doesn't kill you without having it. You would hope that loss is an aberration the way that Cincinnati was an aberration. It's against a better team, a, a better team that you made look fantastic. Um, but you hope they they gather their things. They do what they should do against Jacksonville, Detroit, and Houston. And I would think that they would lose at Green Bay. And if they lose five games this year, that's a significant improvement from the last, what, four years. And you'd be happy, but you can't be sure. happy with what you saw no. yesterday. It's a pathetic effort from the the start. It was a whipping. 
and there's a lot to pick apart in, in what they did yesterday in making pedestrian receivers look fantastic. Well, and made Baker Mayfield look like the most uh, deceiving player in the history of the NFL. I've never seen a team bite on more play fakes and to extreme extents than the Titans yesterday. I mean, there were a number of the, – the long touchdown, yes, Breon Borders bit on the out and up, on the out. But watch three different Titans linebackers, Harold Landry included, on the play fake where they run and almost tackle the running back a second and a half after he's faked it to him and he's throwing a pass. And look, I don't know who they're beating of consequence – I don't know that they're beating two teams in a row of consequence if they have zero sacks and one hit. I don't care what else you're doing. We talk about it over and over and over. And it's not a problem they can solve very consistently now. If this team doesn't go and aggressively, I don't want it scared off by the Jadavian Clowney and Vic Beasley failures. You have got to go look at Matthew Judon You've got to go look at Bud Dupree. Or don't waste a first-round draft pick on a position you don't really need on a guy that's a bust. You have got to find draft It help. was the most obvious pick we said leading up to the draft. This, this is not even revisionist history. We all said, boy, it's got to be a corner or a pass rush, right? you got to get one of those two guys, that first-round pick. Whoever's got... there, best available, best available at the position that's there. And there were plenty of guys that were still there. They could have drafted in one of those positions. What's the problem with this team now? Covering people and getting to the quarterback. Yeah. So I don't even want to hear about defense. Judon and everyone else. <laughs> those because, two things are oh, called this goes, this goes against one of your fundamental principles. You would rather have a guy that's yours than go pay too much for well, someone that's not yours. They can find a guy that's theirs. They can find a guy that's theirs. If they drafted a pass rusher in the first round this year and he sucked, then I would give you that. But they drafted... Someone who's not going to ever contribute to this franchise, it appears. Well, I don't know that Yitor Gross Matos is solving their problem either. Is he better than what they have? Yeah. Is he lighting it up in Carolina? No. He's not suspended. He's, yeah, he's got potential for growth. I get what you're saying there. But well, how many DBs be drafting... were drafted after also? Was Jeff Gladney there? Didn't, yeah, he, he, go to, didn't he go to the Vikings after? I mean, there are guys that could be helping this team right now. In in areas no, they where they are get, extremely deficient. They did get their corner. He's just damn hurt, like like the rest of their draft class who could conceivably be helping. Um, they've got to rush the passer, and they can't rush the passer. One hit was their total yesterday. So Mayfield, uh, you know, looked like Montana yesterday, and it's part of it's because he's standing back there. Just standing back there, finding guys who look like. He took 11 or 12 steps on that deep pass where oh, Borders so. bit on the. On the out and up. Crazy. The time That's how much had. time he had. So I all, mean, all this discussion and, about the quick passing game and making excuses for the pass rush. The pass rush was non-existent. They were the up against miles. the best offensive line, but the best offensive line in football didn't let the Titans even sniff the quarterback. Not even close. The uh, defensive nature of the Titans fans already out. Matt on Twitter, to your first statement, Paul, says, they weren't playing prevent the whole second half, LOL, and then puts the clown Emoji. Dude, Next I don't know what, we what you saying. think about or the second half. When you're down 31 at halftime, here's what the other team needs to do. Not turn the ball over and avoid three and outs. That's basically it. Like, if you if you want to pretend that the Titans' second half was full of meaning, yes, my boys really staged a huge comeback, you go ahead. If Baker Mayfield doesn't fumble there, it's a two-touchdown game. 
and and he shouldn't have fumbled there. It was also a first down he picked up on the fourth fourth down sneak. Right. And he fumbled it. So, I mean, forgetting about that, you're not getting onside kicks back in the NFL circa 2020. Just doesn't happen. And so the the Browns were in a no-lose situation at halftime. Vrabel said it himself. Everything has to go perfectly, and that doesn't happen in football or in life. That sums it up right there. So he's trying to spin it like, hey, we had a spirited comeback and we need to carry that over because he needs something to spin. But he knew they weren't coming back from that. Everybody knows they're not coming back from that. The Titans' biggest, the Oilers' biggest comeback in history was 24, not 31. Dennis Kelly said, people don't come back from that, the halftime lead. So let's be realistic out there. Send me all the clown faces you want, but you sound 12 when you're saying, oh, the Titans' second half was so close. I mean, they're, they're really felt like they were going to come back. You cannot dig that hole in the NFL. Yes, there were outrageous comebacks that happened. Not in that scenario. Not when you lay down for that first half. Not there. You can't. I mean, it's just... Now, I will say, when it's 41-21, and they get the review on the fourth down from Batson, and then the pass to Humphreys, they're still in the third quarter, and it's a 13-point game. And I'm thinking it's going to get real tight on that Brown sideline if they do if they, they go should. down and score, and it do. and it goes right through Humphrey's hands off his face mask Terrible. into the air, interception. And that's when the game ended. Yeah, there was some time left in the third quarter. It's over at that point. Terrible play. That was the opportunity right for the Titans. And there's so much tension, and uh, I mean they they came out for the second half. I give them credit. They went what. Touchdown, stop, touchdown, field goal. Mm-hmm. And then they're on that drive, which feels just like a slog. That is a high-effort drive to get to the bats in play, which clearly was misofficiated, misjudged the first time. They challenge, and they get it, and you feel some weight come off the shoulders. And then, Chad, as you're saying, the air comes out of everything with the Humphreys play which is terrible, and which results in what? A slew of cut Humphreys, which was followed then in my chat by cut buyer. Now, <laughs> now this guy's giving me the clown face on saying they couldn't come back in this game, but then the overreaction is Bowen's got to go. Humphreys has got to go. Byard has got to go. These are people the week before who were saying that Breon Borders solves everything and the Titans are fixed. And by the way, I mean, you know, I don't want to defend them after that game, but the defense that they want the the quote unquote coordinator fired from now played pretty well in Indianapolis and Baltimore. The Titans defense settled down for the the two game road trip where they did really well. Now they flushed some of that down the toilet by following it up with this Hutton, but that that's what's so disappointing, right? And Vaccaro said that we go on the road, we establish our identity with those two, and we come back with this. Well, the defense is a huge failure. You can you can slice it however you want where they play decent at times. They're an enormous failure. They're historically bad third-down defense. They got even worse yesterday. Ten for six. Seven for eight in the first half. I mean, they got even worse yesterday on third down. Somehow, some way, they found a way to get worse. Now, the question is, is it because of a lack of a coordinator and the loss of Dean Pease, or is it because of a lack of help from John Ross? Well, I don't know how a coordinator 
gets Breon Borders not to do what he did. Do we think coordination is the reason well, that Breon Borders here's, here's couldn't stay with that. people's is Jones? It, is, again, is it a lack of that, or is it injuries combined with two bust and free agent signings that were supposed to help this team, combined with wasting a first-round pick on an offensive lineman who can't get on the field? I mean, I think if you're stacking those things, to me, the coordinator well, thing just, doesn't rank that high. Let's just I'll just throw this hypothetical at you, which is very doable. One of the two guys works out to some extent, Clowney or Beasley. You don't draft Isaiah Wilson. You draft either a DB that's playing and playing well, that's not hurt, or a pass rusher with that with that first round pick. Even with the Dory Jackson out, even with everything else, how much better is this defense? Even without a coordinator, even with the loss of Dean Pease, I would think it's uh, substantially better. So whose fault is it? Well, I'm going to start with Robinson. I mean, they had to address the pass rush, and they did it with $21 million, and they got zero, zero sacks. Honestly, it's just something they've got to address with everything this offseason. Mike Vrabel has to address the defensive coordinator position, and John Robinson obviously has to address pass rush, corner, coverage. I think it's a, it's a team effort at this point because it takes a team effort to get as bad as they've been this year. On defense. It is remarkable that they're 8-4 and four, given the deficiencies they have. I agree. And to me, as much as you want to ride the coaching and complain about the coordinator, what gets them to 8-4? and four? The, the coach? Derrick Henry. His three lowest rushing totals of the season are all losses. His seven highest, all wins. He is their guy. He had 15 carries yesterday. That's, that's the least since Carolina of November 1st of yeah. 2019. And they had no chance with him to, to use him in this game. I mean, They were he, using him down 20 in the third. I know. I, I thought too much. But, Not I mean, enough. He, he, was, he, he, was, he, he was, was actually productive. He was. They're throwing to their tackle-eligible tight end instead of, uh, giving, him, that. Instead of giving him the football. Let's talk that's, about that, that. That's using him too little, Paul. <laughs> not, not too much. I, I'm in throw mode coming out of half. Now, I, I understand he was, he was running well. It still eats time, and you have a limited number of possessions there. And uh, so the two plays that kill Humphreys in second half, Humphreys the interception, and A.J. Brown, who's got this drop problem now. They needed chunk plays, and they threw to him up the right sideline, which would have been a chunk play, which now, Chad, you're in desperation mode after the Humphreys drop. And A.J. Brown had the big play up the right sideline and doink off his hands. Those two, you talk about two critical drops, one off the face mask of Humphreys that was on the money from Tannehill. And this one was on the money. Led to a Mm -hmm. turnover, and then that one was perfect. And that was was one of the easiest catches you'd see A.J. Brown make on a deep ball. There was really not that much resistance even when he went up. I mean, he's looking right at it. It's not even a a difficult over-the-shoulder catch. There's not a hand in his face. And that, he, was, that was an easy and ball to catch. dropping balls like that when he makes, I mean, their best drive was the two-throw drive. It was a three-play drive, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe four-play drive. But it was boom, boom. Brown down the middle of the field, contested catch with two guys on him, takes it away. And then Corey Davis for 17 in the end zone, takes it away from a guy and withstands a hit. They're the two combat catches from the two combat catchers that are phenomenal. But you can't have A.J. Brown capping that with with the problem the thing let's go to brewer for a minute 
um, Vrabel says, well, the play worked. He just didn't hold on to it to the ground. Well, you know who holds on to it to the ground? Probably guys who practice catching all the time. Jeff Swain, who's a tight end. You know what tight ends do? They block and catch. Uh, Michael Pruitt, who's a tight end. You know what tight ends do? They block and catch. Anthony Ferkser, who's a tight end. You know what tight ends do? They block and catch. If Brewer, if Aaron Brewer is covered on that play, the trick didn't work. And if he can't complete the catch to the ground, the trick didn't work. And then it's useless. And he sa- So Vrabel says, well, it worked. It, it was a good throw, and he had it. He just couldn't hold He just couldn't hold on to it to the ground. Well, if he just couldn't hold on to it to the ground, guess what? You don't get credit for it working. It didn't work. The you- trick play is that he's wide open, and he wasn't wide open. And then Derrick Henry can't convert it. You're not going to get it overturned on replay. You never get the spot overturned on replay. Ah, if you run Derrick Henry twice, is he getting it? I think we all say if you run Derrick Henry on third and one and fourth and one, you're getting a first down. And he could even go with the, well, it worked if they pick up the fourth and one. Right, we wanted to take we a shot and try something. Well, if they we, pick up the we, fourth and one, they don't really we're not talking about, question. Right. Yeah, we're not talking about it. That's my Move. point, though. Is and that, he did pick up the fourth and one. Is that Hey, we knew Derrick Henry was going to get the spot. yard. And, and we, they come on a commercial break. They move the football up to the other side of the yard marker. If you notice where they measured and then where they snapped the football from, where the official spots the football is a yard further up the field for when Cleveland takes over on downs. Phone lines are open. Plenty to get into with that Titans loss to the Browns. 615-737-1045. We've just scratched the surface. What direction do you want to go in in discussing what was a terrible first half for the Titans and let's face it, led to a terrible game for the Titans and a terrible performance. 737-1045-737-1045. Midday 180 delivered by Edley's Barbecue on 104.5 The Zone. Mayfield dropping, throwing. He's got Higgins in the end zone. Touchdown Cleveland Browns as they beat Breon Borders once again. And Mayfield has four. First half touchdown pass. Midday 180 delivered by Edley's Barbecue. Ready for your phone calls. We go to Rob to lead us off on the phones for loaded lines on this Titans talk through. What's up, Rob? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Enjoy the show. Uh, just kind of give you uh, my take on that game yesterday. Uh, I think the Cleveland, they came out, you know, and they, you know, they, they started early dictating who they were. Uh, I've been hearing all week long, you know, just how bad the Browns were and how good the Titans were. Well, they took the same approach like the Titans first did. Uh, meaning, you know, they wanted to be, you know, put down. And they came in there and said, you know what? I'm going to show them who I am. So. The coach, to me, he kind of jumped on. The coach, to me, he, he, he demonstrated that, you know what, y'all are a great team by, by coming out. He, he, he threw the ball early. He had trick plays. I think he outcoached Brable. Brable is an excellent coach. But let's face it, he came out there. He made a statement. He was getting his players all involved. He, he wasn't – I mean, he didn't care. He was taking chances. And then I'm going to tell you one thing that I think that hurt the Titans was it, it was one thing. It was it was uh, uh, 
the running back. Uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Henry, when he fumbled the ball, I mean, it's like he had that in his eyes, like, I don't know, like, what is going on? And then the whole team started, like, looking around, like, uh-oh, we in trouble now. And then, you know, everything just started, like, to fall apart. And then I'm going to say this, too, you know, the second half, the second half, yes, they were coming back. But let's face it, had it not been for some, I, I'm going to say this, for a little help from the rest, that score would have been as close as it was. Oh, come on. Uh, because some of those calls wasn't right. I'm not a Brown fan, but you know as well as I do, some of those calls, like, for instance, when they said Baker Mayfield wasn't down, I mean, unless Baker Mayfield can swim, I mean, his his arms was up in the air. How can you have your knees and your legs down on the ground if your arms is up in the air? I thought he was I down. Mean, it's not I, very hard to have your knees it. down and on your arms up. On the fumble, you're saying? Yeah, but he I mean. He might have been down, can, but, but the reason you're saying doesn't make any sense. Well, we can play Picture this game, Picture it right though. now. You can have your knees down and your arms up very easily. Well, it's very, it's very easy. Baker Mayfield was down. I believe he was down. I also believe Derrick Henry got a first down. And if Derrick Henry picks up that fourth and one, how much different is the game early when it matters? That yeah, didn't different. matter at that point. He says, well, that well, that call was bad by the refs and it made the score look. Well, yeah, it made the score look a little bit better because they got that late touchdown after the fumble return. But I think it balanced out a little bit more in favor of the Browns. Now, they're Titans fans making a much bigger deal, an issue of the officiating, costing the Titans more than it did. Titans were getting beaten that game yesterday regardless. The officials, the, the officials didn't help, and the officials weren't good. From the kickoff. But there's an example I'm giving you that it was bad both ways. Also, I, I mean, I don't understand his logic that you can't have your knees down and your arms up. Look. look. Paul's going to do it for us. His knees are down and his arms are up. Not complicated at all. Cleveland emptied their playbook yesterday. Yep. I mean, Stefanski had a great day. Unquestionably, Stefanski had a great day. And I, I look, I'm not claiming that I said the Browns were going to win, but I had a feeling. I said this last week. Yeah, you all said, of, you said you thought Nashville, the Titans were going to win. All of Nashville, though, thought the Browns were a pushover for some reason. I brought the topic up on Friday. I said I don't see them as a, as a pretender. I didn't um, either. And uh, Nashville just seemed to think this was a win. I don't think the win. Titans are either. But, you know, there's a jumbled mess of the mid-tier AFC teams that, let's face it, the, all these teams we're talking about, the Titans included. They're not beating the Chiefs or the Steelers. No. Titans, Colts, Baltimore are not even going to make the playoffs. Maybe. Well, since we're coming up with things that we said last week, I also pointed out to everyone we had on, boy, when the Browns are bad, they're bad. And when they're good, they're good. What, what are we saying about the Titans right now? Yeah. Well, when What are we bad. saying about every team in that group? I mean, when the Titans are bad, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indy, second half, they're they bad. Really bad. And when they're good, they're blowing out the Colts on the road. I mean, that's – let's just face it. That's this whole thing about inconsistency. Yes, the Titans are very inconsistent. So are everyone else not named Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Yeah, and that's a hugely disappointing game, but people are acting like they're 4-8. and eight. They should be better than 8-4, and four, but they're still 8-4, and four, which they haven't been in an 8-4 and four position through all of this 9-7. and seven. They haven't been close to 8-4. and four. I think the Titans fans just, they still want to see more. They don't want to believe that the Titans are in that group that's far behind the top two in the conference. 
And right now, they're far behind the top two in well, the conference. It's, it's, it's still very reasonable to expect 11-5. and five. Yes. The frustration is the deficiencies of the lack of a pass rush and speed on the outside are holding no this answer. team back from being a 10-win team right now. And that, there's nothing showing up that's fixing that this year. Nothing. And that's why if, they, I mean, know. they show up like this in Wild Card Weekend, they're going home quickly. It's it's also frustrating. Like this meaning, if they show up with Breon Borders starting on the outside, they're going home quickly. Dory Jackson and Christian Fulton have got to get back on the outside. It's frustrating, too, because when people think about the Titans, they often think about these pedestrian, ground-and-pound offenses with a really solid, salty defense. And that's what you think about. If you think about style of play of the Titans, you think about that. This defense is wasting an explosive, Waste. fun offense with a difference maker at running back that's different than the rest of the league in a passing game that can burn you. And that's that's got to be frustrating for Titans fans that have been putting up with this, well, maybe we'll win game 16-13 type attitude in the past. It, just a competent defense on the field and how much better this Titans team could be. If, competent defense... And this team is right there with Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Competent. Middle of the road. Middle of the road. Just not the historically worst third-down defense in NFL history. We used to say this a lot of times about the offense. If the offense could just be 15th we were, to, to keep up we with the We were saying defense. that when Marcus Mariota at times was at quarterback. Not saying that with Ryan Tannehill, and that's a credit to him. And, this, and, and Derrick Henry. So bad. I'll point out Breon Borders because they're not going to get a pass rush. They can at least get some speed back on the outside. That oh, that is was, still available. And he was totally exposed. That was, is still I was, available. I was asking foolish questions about him last week, and it was prompted by my people being overconfident in him and me buying into it. But I I have been saying, Hut, that he's not a long-term answer in that spot by any means. Now, he'd be better as your fourth, fifth than guys like Ty Smith have been, based on the fact that he's at least aggressive certainly than Jonathan Joseph. But you've got to get those people back in line. And there are no answers on Fulton. There's certainly no answer on a Dory in terms of timetable and when you could expect them. You take them when you can get them. And that's the one hope. You're right. That's the one hope that they could be different in the playoffs than they are now. Yeah, You're that, right. That's the one thing they can point to. They can't point to Javion Clowney. Yeah, he's there's done. Nothing, there's nothing coming on the up front. And even if he was coming up front, he's – they were, they've been worse with Jadavian Clowney up front. Yeah, but there's still with. hope that Jadavian Clowney comes through with a big performance. Big yeah, I mean, that one big game. You're not Seattle. getting that from the guys that are out there right now. No. You can't bank on it. Yeah. Tuzar Skipper's not having a career game. No. Changes things. Let's go to Rick. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Uh, long-time listener. Really enjoy your show. Thank Thanks. you, Rick. Um, so it's the point that I, I'm going to make is that I, I'm not – Need to put a disclaimer on my on my comment, but uh, I'm 62 years old, recovering from COVID, and uh, gave me a decent offensive line, not a great one, but a decent one, a helmet and cleats, and I could throw for 300 yards against a defense right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got. Love your show. Yeah, that's uh, well. that's that's an issue. Ken on Twitter <laughs> says to his point. So yesterday exposed are Jimmys and Joes, not necessarily the X's and O's. Would a defensive coordinator make a difference? Maybe Patricia or Derek Mason could draw something up. But we still have the same Jimmys. This idea that something is happening now, let it 
go. And now there's not anybody getting fired and there's not anybody getting hired. This is what they're riding with. And I have no objection to that. Teams don't add a coach at eight and four. They, they don't. And they shouldn't. I mean, the idea that Matt Patricia is going to come in and learn the personnel, I mean, first off, it's, it's, it's crazy. The, and the other thing, too, you should be able to stop Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. I mean, and Richard Rashard Higgins, come on. Rashard Higgins on the Titans, I don't know if he outranks Khalifa Raymond, who's become invisible. We go to Evan. Evan, welcome. What's up, guys? Hope you all are doing well. Uh, initially, this could be overlooked in the beginning. Marcus Mariota, I thought, was part of the issue. But this last week, this game reminded me of the 38-10 beatdown that Titans had in Indy in 2018 after beating the Patriots. What is it about this team to where they can go out and make a statement win like that? Y'all were talking about inconsistency earlier. But then they just show up and lay an egg, or don't show up, rather, and lay an egg. Or they come out flat in the first half, but then they turn it on in the second half. Like, that type of inconsistency right there drives me wild. And like I said, for a little bit there, I thought maybe it was Mariota. But now it really seems like a systemic issue back in 2018. Just wanted to get you all's opinion on how in the world do you fix that. And then just wanted to tack on a little add-on question. It feels like pass rush outside linebacker is the new receiver for the Titans. Why can't this coaching staff develop any kind of edge rush? It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a developmental problem, but who have they been given to develop? I mean, Derek Roberson's developed into what he is. What he is is a third guy at best, right, who you hope to do better than. But, I mean, they haven't drafted anybody of note to be developed there. I don't think it's a developmental issue. It's a resource allocation issue to me what was his first point inconsistency the yeah. having great performances followed up with a dud look I, I mean it's a universal problem here the one thing i don't think we look at enough i mean the seahawks lost at home to the giants yeah, is right? other teams seattle is everybody thinks seattle's good and seattle's doing the seattle's same things the great. titans are this doing this is my point about the teams that aren't great right. in the national football they're the league. same seattle titans i mean you could go through the list of teams that are capable of greatness one week and completely laying an it's egg. It's not next. uncommon. Everybody was on the Arizona bandwagon. So he asked and why, think, why the Titans have been great in a while. That's why. And I That's think, why that happened. And I think Arizona, everybody was on, and Arizona's one and three in their last month now. You know, and they're supposed to be the up-and-comer breakthrough team. So I think Chad's absolutely right. If you're not Green Bay or the Saints, and if you're not Kansas City and Pittsburgh, this is life. In the NFL, one week you can, or, or for a month, you can be really good. And then for a month, you can I don't can blame go fans for having higher expectations oh, for agree. a team that make, made the run to the AFC Championship game. You deserve to have higher expectations. You deserve to expect the Tennessee Titans to be in the same breath as the teams you're just mentioning. Because you didn't mention Baltimore. You didn't, you didn't mention New England. Should we continue? Like the, the teams that are always there over the last several years, you're not talking about them. Well, they're dropped the, off. Exactly. So they're being inconsistent now. They're, they're taking their dips. Somebody should replace them, but the teams that are replacing them aren't the Titans. The teams that are replacing them 
are Kansas City and Pittsburgh, and you That's, wish that your team replaced them yes. and your team hasn't replaced them. On the other hand, though, well, we're hitting on your it, though, team right that's now. been nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven is now eight and four and could finish eleven yeah, and five. But that's Paul. When you go nine and seven, but you reach the AFC Championship game and you show at the end of the year what your identity is moving forward, it's reasonable for a fan base to expect much better than nine and seven. The next year. Well, 11 and 5 is going to be a lot better. But why not expect them to be uh, one of those three, not just the two with the Chiefs and the Steelers? The Titans should be in that three. There should be a three pack of great teams. The frustration is this team is simply good again. They're not great. I agree. They're good again. I agree. And yesterday they made a good Cleveland team look great. great. But if they finish 11 and 5, Mayfield looked like Mahomes. Third. Times two. If they finish 11 and 5 and third. I, I'm not going to argue that it would be a three-pack by any means. It's definitely a two-pack in the AFC. You you have confidence that they're going to beat Jacksonville, Detroit, and the Texans? I, I kind of do. Not, I, not I, because I the Titans teams, are good, but because I'm, I think those I'm gonna three go, teams really suck. I'm going to go more in with the inconsistency of this and team and go ahead and say three? they're losing one of those. One of those three. Detroit beat Chicago yesterday. Jacksonville should have won last two weeks and lost close games in overtime yesterday to Minnesota. They almost lost to Jacksonville. They played Cleveland this year. better. They played Cleveland a lot better than the Titans did. Yeah, but see, that makes me feel like Jacksonville's now due to get run on for. Or they're due yards. to get over the top and win one of these, since they've lost so many close games. I got very little faith in Jacksonville against Derrick Henry. And Houston, I mean, Houston blew a big chance. Houston will be ready to pack and go home. If they go three yeah. and one, great. They're eleven and five. They're division champion. They're hosting a playoff game. Fans should be okay with that. But it's not what I you want. I have very little faith that I, I this team's going to go three saying. and one. I think they're two and two. And even if they do go three and one, Chad, to your point, they're they're still three and one, eleven and five. But but they're at the top of the rest. They're not at the bottom of the three pack. They haven't made it a three pack at top. They're they're at the top of the rest. And there's a difference. There. Well, what we know, this team will be in the postseason. Four games left. And to make the run that they made last year, they have to overcome some deficiencies that have plagued them in some bad losses this year. And look, if I'm a Titans fan... That's what it comes down to. That's what yesterday told us and reinforced. If I'm a Titans fan right now, I'm looking at the playoff uh, matchups and I'm saying, I need Indy to beat Kansas City. Well, right now the playoff matchup is the Titans would host the Cleveland Browns again. Yeah. Well, I would have faith that the Titans would fare much better. I'm not saying win necessarily. But not get You're taking the battle between Donovan Peoples Jones or Breon Borders again. If you have the opportunity, well, Dory Jackson better be back. I'm counting on Christian Fulton or Dory. We've been counting on Dory Jackson for about two months now. Yeah, but but no setback was had. But no all, setback. But also, I'm I'm looking at um, I'm looking at Indianapolis, and I'm as a Titans fan, <laughs> I'd be a huge Colts fan and look for them to find a way to beat Kansas City. And actually, up front. They would pose some problems for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying they'd win. I'm saying that's an intriguing game, and that would help the Titans' path a lot because I don't course. see the Titans beating Kansas City. 615-737-1045, our number. Midday 180, delivered by Edley's Barbecue. Rapid Fire Phones continues on 104.5 The Zone. Tannehill going to run Henry on the right side. He's hit. He fumbled. There's a scramble for it, and the Browns have it. Derrick Henry has lost his first fumble of the year.
Midday 180 delivered by Edley's Barbecue. Back to the phones. And we go to Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. I uh, kind of got a, a comment and then a question for Paul. Uh, comment yesterday during Coach Rabel's uh, postgame presser there, Paul asked him a question about the second half versus the first, and, and he obviously did not have an answer for it. I thought it was something that we all, anybody that watched the game, it was kind of obvious, and uh, he didn't really address the question. And, and then I wanted to ask, Paul, what are the boundaries for you guys sitting in that room to ask the real tough questions? And uh, mainly, I guess, in regards to what everybody's asking is, why, why is he not hiring a defensive coordinator? Well, that's really all I got, guys. We're not sitting in a room. We're sitting on a Zoom call. Um, Which makes things more difficult. Yeah, but it, there, there's not, there aren't boundaries. But on I, both sides. I mean, there's a boundary in terms of asking a stupid question. He's not hiring. No coach is hiring a defensive coordinator when his team is eight and four, with a quarter of the season left. So my boundary is if the if the community at large is insistent on an idiotic question, I'm not asking it on your behalf. I'm sorry. Well, we didn't take calls about the defensive coordinator after wins in Baltimore and Indy. No, there's a call-in show. Is it tonight or tomorrow night? What? Uh, the variable show. Tonight. tonight, six to seven. Uh, call. You you ask that question. I'm not going to ask it for you. Well, you're going to you're gonna have to do what they do on vol calls and say you're going to talk about something else and then do a switcheroo. Well, and you get a, no, we don't do that. It's a Times Radio doesn't do that. You call in with a tough question, they'll put you on the air. But it's not a tough question. It's a stupid question. I'm telling well, you what we, the answer is. We need more calls be. from Wartburg, then. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a waste of time. We haven't time. taken a call from Wartburg in a while. I'm answering it for you. They're 8-4. and four. They're waiting on some players to get back. They need to play better. Uh, that's the answer. He, he's going to say, I don't, I don't even know if he'd address it, but there's no coach on a winning team who's got twice as many wins as losses who's going to bring in some outsider who doesn't right. know his personnel and his defense to help his staff right now. Think of, Say it out loud and think about it. It's preposterous. It's not happening, at least over the next two months. Fans want him to admit he made a mistake going into the season. It's less about hiring someone right now and more about admitting that you need to do something about that spot next year. And, again, and that also is not going to happen. And I will say, there there are, there's going to be no looking back at this point. There are areas where it's an issue. Breon Borders getting beat on a double move and letting a 75-yard touchdown is not one of them. That's Breon Borders. I don't know what coordination fixes that. Would a better coordination for Breon Borders help him be a better player in that moment? He's not up for that moment. Well, once that's, he- that's a talent acquisition thing. That's a depth and injury issue thing. That's not a defensive coordinator thing. I don't, I don't care because if you're going to set records with your third down defense, you better be willing to look at everything. And no coach worth his salt is going to say, it's Breon Borders' fault, not mine. <laughs> it's not Breon Borders' fault that you're the worst in history on third down. That is also a coordinator agree, fault. But in the moment, you've got to look at everything. Yes, it's personnel. Yes, it's a lack of coordinator. Your team leader on defense, who has been bad this year, we can officially say that yes, now with Kevin Byard, he looked foolish on that first touchdown yesterday where he starts to run towards a guy in the corner of the end zone he has no chance to get to terrible in the back, and he pulls him away just enough 
to get it open to Jar- Jarvis Landry in the end zone for the touchdown. I think it was Landry or maybe it was Peoples Jones. Either way, it was, it was Landry. Landry. That first touchdown to Landry. So when Kevin Byard now twice, once he says, you know, we're just not coordinated on defense. He says communication a lot, too. He says coordinated communication. And what did he say about it yesterday? We got outcoached and we got outplayed. They were more ready than us. We were not prepared. We got outcoached and we got outplayed. That's your defensive leader saying that multiple times. Rabel said the same. He's echoing his coach. He also believes they got outcoached. And that's a problem. When your players believe you got outcoached. Well, they got outcoached. For sure. But that, that again, that doesn't mean that the defensive coordinator would solve everything. Paul, do you think they should have a defensive coordinator next year? I do, but I, I don't believe the root of their problem this year has been a lack of a defensive coordinator. It's I part it's of the problem. Personnel. And it's part of the problem they can easily solve. I don't think a defensive coordinator solves the pass rush. Paul, I think personnel it's a part of the, the problem that you can solve. Why not solve part of the problem, even if it's not the entire problem? That's fine. You could put I, I rank it way down the list. They need a pass rusher. A pass rusher, a guy who and can rush the pass. And they need a defensive coordinator. A coordinator can't rush the pass. You know what Dean Pease could do? Get to the quarterback with defensive backs. I don't know what Dean Pease is doing with watch this Watch this personnel. team design a blitz. It gets picked up every time. I'm watching that game yesterday. Every single blitz package they have gets easily picked up. It's not just a lack of a pass rush. It's a lack of blitz scheme. Dean Pease had an ability as a, say it with me, <laughs> defensive coordinator. To draw up blitz packages to affect the quarterback. He also had. You know what else he didn't have? He didn't have a pass rusher. What did Dean Pease have as a pass rusher? Had Logan Ryan. It's some slow defensive packages. back. Logan Ryan. You know what a defensive coordinator could do? Find someone else on that roster, even if it's a guy who's not great in coverage, like Logan Ryan, that can blitz and that understands what to do. Here's the, here's the one thing. Logan was also a part of that communication problem that yeah. they're having. Here's here's the thing. Agreed. I I think they should have a coordinator, but I think Shane Bowen is acting as the coordinator. So if if they just spoke the words and attached them to Shane Bowen, what the hell difference would it make? Well, then Shane Bowen's a problem, and you need All to address right, well, that. Ju- just go with that then, because he's in effect the the defensive coordinator. Because the number one thing the defensive coordinator does is calls the defense, and Shane Bowen they have somebody calling the defense, right? Hut. He's calling the defense. He's in the booth. He's wearing the headset, and he's calling the plays. So he's effectively coordinating the defense, calling the plays. Now, is he doing a good job of it? No. Not yesterday. Looked just fine against Indy. Correct. I don't know. It's difficult to really assess Mike Vrabel's state of mind because Mike Vrabel is so difficult to you guys in the media. So I don't think he's ever going to fully tell you what he actually believes. But this isn't a spot where Mike Vrabel does not need to try to be the smartest guy in the room. And he needs to look at his organization and say, here's where we're good, here's where we're lacking. And yes, they're lacking pass rush. They're lacking speed on the outside in the secondary. They're also lacking a defensive coordinator. And if it's Bowen that's the guy right now, then he's a problem. And you've got to address that and go get someone else. There, there's something that you have to do. Again, I believe that Mike Vrabel is a very smart guy and a good coach. So I think that deep down he is thinking about this. 
and there will be movement this offseason. Well, we get our answers this offseason yes. with what he does. I just don't think mm-hmm. he's going to tell the media that. And, especially, Romeo, and I don't blame him for not trying to look back right now, if yeah. the question's asked, and about Romeo, what he should have done in the preseason. And if Romeo Cornell is here next season, then he gets, you know, he gets to say he needed a defensive coordinator, plus he gets a defensive coordinator who's in the family. 615-737-1045, our number. Spirited first hour continues with our number two, just like that. One in the books. Midday 180, delivered by Edley's Barbecue 1045 The Zone.